What's up, everybody? This is Andrew May. This is the Allegory and Elm podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Katie May. We are here today to talk about living with regret versus living with intention. We're here to shoot the shit and be real. So if that sounds like something you're into, let's go. All right, Kate, what's your biggest regret? I would have to say I'm kind of, I'm, I'm trying not to live it, but I feel like I'm living it. And it has to do with motherhood. I think I... I regret not knowing what the heck I was getting into as a mother. And I think, I feel like no matter how much you tried to prepare or read books, you're never prepared for that. And so I feel like it's inevitable that you're going to fail your kids in some way or have regrets in that way. So I don't know that there's, I don't know like what I could have changed in foresight, like hindsight's always going to be 2020. But I think right now I'm trying to like prevent other potential regrets, but it's really hard because I want to claim dreams for myself and focus on dreams of my own, but and not lose myself in motherhood, but also like savor the time I have when my kids are little and not miss out. And so it's kind of a hard dance. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say I regret, um, when they were really little, I think trying to wish away the time because it was so hard Mm -hmm. and grueling, especially with Afton, like first kid. And I don't know, she was a challenging baby. And I think I just wished for a better day and I didn't really appreciate all the things about her as a baby. And I think I distanced myself from her a little bit in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I think that would be pro- motherhood is it's not, I don't regret being a mother, but I think I regret how I show have shown up to motherhood in certain, in certain ways. Yeah. yeah that is a surprising answer. Actually. I feel like there's inherent lessons in regret like regret has something to teach us. I don't think it's a good place to live in um, because you it just is self-perpetuating and cyclical and damaging, I think, to just dwell on the regret that you have. Yeah. But I think what you should do is learn from the regret and say, what is this teaching me? So what do you feel like that regret specifically has taught you? I think to just, I think one thing is I've, you know, when you have a child, I think your initial like thought is like, if you're not aware is to kind of like expect them to be a certain way or, you know, come out a certain way or grow up a certain way or, you know, even now like being a certain occupation or, and I think for me, it's kind of taught me that they come out who they are and I really can't change them. Like we try really hard to like, um, I mean, I think it's good to have boundaries and like help them to find discipline and respect. But I think 
I think initially I was trying to like change my kid. Like Mm -hmm. um, she's too wild or she's too emotional or she's too, and I, and I still struggle with it because it's like the emotions come and I'm like, shh, just stop crying. Stop crying. It's fine. You're good. Um, So I'm really trying hard to like let regret of not allowing them to be who they are, show me that it's okay to allow them to be who they are Mm -hmm. and to just embrace all of it. Right. Yeah. That's where I feel like kids flourish and our kids, you know, are no different. They, I feel like when you loosen the, when you tighten the reins, they are very much, they rebel. They don't want to, be conformed and confined and be told what to do specifically. And yes, boundaries are important. And yes, uh, teaching your kids what is right and wrong is important, but also kind of learning that they are their own individual and not trying, you know, what you're saying, not trying to change who they are as an individual. Yeah. And I think trying not to cage them in, like Mm -hmm. I just finished the book untamed by Glennon Doyle. And she talks a lot about, especially for women and girls, um, you know, just, I don't want to get too much on that (laughs) track of feminism, but our culture tries to really tame girls. But I would also like say probably men too. She kind of talks about this too in the book, how she's got a, a son and two daughters and how, you know, she went in the shower one day and her daughter's like shampoo, it's like all frilly and pink and purple and has like really soft, gentle words. And then her son's has like warrior, you know, battle smell or, you know, like Mm -hmm. just really like, I don't know. And I think just how we try to cage people in to certain roles or beings Mm -hmm. and, I think just really trying to let go of some of that and and some of that conditioning Mm -hmm. that, you know, a kid has to be a certain way or do a certain thing. And um, I think that's what I really appreciate about our kids' school because I feel like they really try to embrace each kid for who they are and Mm -hmm. not try to make them conform. I mean, obviously there's certain ways that we have to be when we're in public and with groups of people, you know, we can't be disrupting the whole world, but, um, but I think with a healthy balance of just letting people be who they are. Mm -hmm. And I think that being, you know, learning as a parent has taught me to really look at that. Yeah. We've talked about this a little bit before in terms of, uh, not boxing people in and it's easy to box, box your kids into who or what you want them to be. And, I guess the point that I was trying to get across earlier that I I don't think I quite finished my thought was that when you actually loosen the reins and you let the, you let your children fully embrace who they are, uh, that's where you just find that they really grow, Mm -hmm. that they really flourish. Um, because you're not sitting there with a hammer, just beating them down. Uh, you're, you're actually allowing them space to, explore who they are. They're, Mm -hmm. they're figuring out who they are. And, um, I, you know, I have noticed throughout this time of being home and being around them a lot more that there, there is a certain way that I treat each one of them 
And it is different how I treat both of them. I'm much harder on Afton than I am on Isla. I'm much more. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I'm, I, I'm much more sensitive to Isla and I'm much more uh, demanding of Afton. I don't know if I just expect more because she's, you know, three and a half years older than Isla. Uh, I think that plays a role. I know when I was a kid, my sister, who's four, year young, four years younger than me, I was always a dick to her. I was super mean. And my mom would always say, like, she looks up to you so much and she loves you so much. And you are always just so mean and hateful to her. And uh, she was like, one day you'll uh, realize that you you love her. And I was like, no way. Mm. <laughs> She's the worst. Everything was great before she came along and she gets all the attention. And for me, it was an attention thing. And that possibly is what happens with Afton is uh, maybe she feels like Isla gets more attention or gets uh, more positive attention. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's the, the struggle there. But um, I've had to apologize multiple times to Afton with being home because, you know, I know there are a lot of people dealing with different situations that are far more difficult than what we have going on during this, you know, quarantine period, but juggling, you know, a business where you're not getting leads and it just feels like it's on pause and you can't, it doesn't feel like I have a ton of agency right now. Mm -hmm. I do. And I'm working on things to kind of fix some of that stuff. But, uh, dealing with that and fears of like, dude, what if allegory and Elm just like falls apart or was this really a stupid move to rebrand or are my SEO analytics just like tanking and what is this going to look like in three months in a year? Uh, but having that on my mind, trying to do the work and then also trying to be a parent slash teacher right now. Um, I have, there's been a couple times with Afton where I've just been very short with her and mm -hmm. very much like, you know, get over it kind yeah. of thing and had to go back later and just kind of apologize to her and tell her like, if, if I'm behaving in this way, please feel free to call me out on it. Um, you know, cause I, I don't, it's not my intention, but you know, I, I need a, a check. Yeah. I think that I'm, I feel the same way. Like, I think I even said like last week or something, I don't feel like I would talk to anybody else. Like I talk to my kids sometimes. Mm -hmm. And if anybody else talked to my kids, like I'm talking to my kids, I would be very upset. So why am I allowing myself to talk to them that way? And just kind of checking myself. And I think, yeah, giving them permission to respectfully kind of be like, hey, like you're hurt really hurting my feelings. Like, mm -hmm. like we would want to be able to say to each other if one of us was being like really mean. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's such a hard balance with parenting and, and how to like keep your composure, but yeah. also get your point across. And so I think that, yeah, I think regrets are, are very real as a parent and mm -hmm. just wanting to do the best you can for your kid. Um, but it's so much to juggle, especially right now. I think that's the thing is like, our entire worlds have been completely flipped upside down and right. 
we're all having to kind of learn new coping strategies like we talked about last week, new skills, new ways of being, new ways of showing up. And I don't think that that's necessarily all a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of good and, you know, we can talk about that. I think there's a lot of good coming out of this too. And like teaching us different ways about being in a family together. Right. Yeah. This is a, a period of learning right now. And I think one thing with regret is introspection. And I feel like with any regret that you have in your life, you have to be able to look at what happened and assess it from a, I think you have to kind of put your ego to the side and, and Mm. explore, okay, what happened? Where did this go wrong? Or how did I handle this wrong? And how can I better handle this in the future? Mm. Uh, Because this will probably likely resurface for me. So uh, I think there are ways to not allow regretful patterns to continue in your life, but it requires you to, Uh, you know, we talk about communication a lot. I think it requires open communication with people. And so that includes our kids. Yeah. I could sit around and be regretful about the fact that I've said some mean things or treated Afton with a very mean tone. Uh, And, you know, I could just be like, man, I'm such a horrible dad. Or I can talk to her about it and say, Hey, you know, you mean a lot to me and I just really don't want to behave like this and I don't Mm -hmm. want to treat you like this. And so I feel like a lot of what we talk about on this podcast, a lot of the themes are interwoven. Mm -hmm. And so I think communication is a big thing. Introspection is a big thing in, as it relates to regret and not living with regret. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I do want to jump into living with intention, but before we get to that, I kind of want to just maybe revisit my biggest regret, which was the affair that I had when I was 22, 23. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it. That was the very first episode straight out of the gate. That's, uh, what we talked about. So if you're interested in that, go back to episode one, we're not going to do a full recap here, but I think my, takeaway from that regret was that sometimes the thing that you think you want for yourself the most when you get it is not what you actually want. And I think for me, it wasn't that I wanted this other person. It was that I wanted freedom essentially. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I wanted to not feel shame, which is kind of uh, counterintuitive, but I, I wanted to feel sexual freedom and, um, not have the baggage that I had grown up with sexually, Mm -hmm. but it created a whole new slew of baggage. And, um, I think what I had, I mean, some of the things that I learned from that regret is, um, that's just not, for me, mm-hmm. I think being able to actually tell you about the affair was huge for me in terms of just growth. And uh, it wasn't easy. We we're able to talk about it. I don't want to say casually now, but a mm-hmm. lot more, a lot more casually than 
we used to. And so if you're tuning in, this is the very first episode you're listening to and you're like, dude, that guy's so flippant about <laughs> having an affair, but, uh, we've done the work. Well, I think we've also been able to like, let go of the bag. I don't know the baggage or the regret of it. And, and it doesn't define us anymore. Right. Like it doesn't define you. It's not this big secret. You know, I'm not like still rumbling with like, Oh, why did he do that? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we're able to kind of say like this happened. It was a blip in time. You know, do I wish it wouldn't have happened? Yeah. But it's kind of like, I think with any, hard situation or something that you're going to be facing that you're unprepared for. Hence mm-hmm. this time. Yeah. You can either sit there and wallow and be like, this is so awful. Why did this happen? Why did he do that to me? Which don't get me wrong. I definitely had like in the early parts of grieving had those thoughts of like, why did this happen? But I think it's kind of like you were talking about this morning. Like you've kind of had to give yourself a couple weeks in this new season to be like, what the fuck is happening? Mm -hmm. And kind of wallow a little bit from time to time or kind of feel stuck or stagnant um, or like you don't know what to do because your job's kind of on hold. And then I think what we're both kind of realizing and kind of what I realized when we started to come out of the rubble of the news of the affair was this can either be, you know, I can choose to look at life happening to me or I can use... I can choose to look at life happening for me. Mm -hmm. So how could that information, how could that situation have been for me in any way? Mm -hmm. And I think I told you several times, like it was my awakening. Mm -hmm. It was my awakening to wake up, to say, okay, this happened. Why did this happen? Um, What part do I have in rebuilding this marriage? Mm -hmm. Um, That marriage is gone So what do we do now? And I think it's kind of the same right now. Like what the fuck's happening? Yeah. Why is coronavirus? Yeah. Why is this happening? You know, our whole lives are turned upside down and it's normal to kind of feel stuck for a bit or like stagnant or like, you know, nothing matters, whatever. Let's watch Netflix. But I think, I think we really have to challenge each other to say like, how is this for us right now? What Mm -hmm. is it? What is it turning over that maybe we needed to turn over? What is it, you know, asking for us to surrender to that maybe we needed to surrender? And what are we able to rebuild from this? What are we able to turn the page and say, okay, that life's gone Mm -hmm. pre-coronavirus. What parts do I want to keep and what parts do I want to throw away? And where do I want to go from here once, you know, now and then once this time lifts. Yeah. I feel like we have an opportunity. A lot of people could see this as a setback, but which I have as well, but you can also see it as an opportunity. We get to be the architects of how we want to move forward. And to go back to what you have said before about coronavirus, about, uh, you know, the affair about my mom, about, friendships about lots of things. There is grief that is just kind of, you know, interwoven in there as well. And I think that grief is a teacher 
and we can learn a lot of things from grief. So right now there's a lot of hardship going on in the world. And it may sound trite right now in this moment to talk about it if you're, you know, dealing with someone who's dying or has died from this virus. But I think that we can actually learn a lot during this time and decide how we want to live moving forward, living with intentionality. And, you know, so what does that even look like to live with intentionality? I know for me, for the last two weeks, I just kind of had to grieve and watch the Tiger King and, (laughs) uh, you know. That makes it all better. Yeah, it did make it decent for a bit. (laughs) But I think even today I was like, dude, get off Netflix. Stop with watching like the Tiger King, whatever else you are into and um, or whatever you want to pacify you and do some hard things and challenge yourself. Like I did uh, a workout today and I did 200 pushups and I was really proud of myself for doing that. And it made me feel empowered and strong. And it's, uh, I I don't know. I feel like in a time where it feels like we don't have a lot of power Mm -hmm. or agency, the things that we can control and the things that we um, can do with intentionality can really benefit us right now. Yeah. I mean, I would say, I'm just going to preach for a minute. Stop wallowing in what you can't do. Stop saying, oh, I'm not going to reach that goal now. Like, I I mean, I get it because even I was writing my goals or my dreams that I write every day in my start today journal. And it's like, you know, one of them is we are financially free. And it's like, I was writing that the other day and I was like laughing because I was like, I don't even know what the fuck that means right now. (laughs) Like financially free. I mean, I hope we can in a few weeks, like keep up with our bills, you know, Mm -hmm. like, which I'm still very blessed to be working and have a steady paycheck coming in while you're kind of on a slower scale. Um, But, you know, like my brain was like wanting me to, stop, like stop dreaming, stop, you know, your goals aren't worth it anymore. Your habits aren't worth like just all that's not going to, it's on pause. Everything's on pause. Mm -hmm. And I had to be like, no, no, like just because you can't necessarily do maybe what you set out to do at the beginning of 2020 as your goal for the year or your goals for the year, I would ask people to really think, what can you do right now? Mm -hmm. Like, can you go out and run a mile? Can you cook a really good meal for your family? Can you um, learn a new skill? Like watching my daughter do her class meeting this morning, like they were talking about, you know, one kid was wanting to learn how to be a better cook during this time. And when somebody else was wanting to learn how to be a faster runner and, you know, it's like, oh, that's really refreshing because mm-hmm. I think all of us are feeling a bit stuck. So what can you do right now? Yeah. Can you do 200 pushups today? Can mm-hmm. you do 30 minutes of yoga? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a sedentary lifestyle right now can really be a killer and it can be something that you just slip into it without knowing it. Yeah. And I, if I'm being honest with myself and I look at 
is Netflix and anything on TV right now, is it going to really move the needle for me? And it's not, if I'm honest with myself, but doing things. I don't know, Tiger King. It was pretty dope. <laughs> you learned a few things. I did about just <laughs> uh, animal culture out there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and it's something that's funny and the memes are funny and it's funny to talk about and be a part of that cultural experience. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really move the needle for me in any way of me growing as a human being. And I'm not saying everything has to always be about growth, but uh, if you are just sitting around playing video games or sitting around, you know, just watching show after show after show, you're really missing out on what opportunities are available to you right now. And so for me within business, I'm trying to focus on specific blogs that are really going to help brides and grooms deal with what's going on during this time. And I needed a couple of weeks to kind of just feel bad for myself and, uh, you know, eventually move out of that and realize that everybody's in the shit right now and we all need to come together and help each other. And how can I do that with the platform that I have? Yeah. How can we keep serving our mm -hmm. communities and our followers and our people. Yeah. And that could be like your family. That could be, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, that could be your community for me, you know, being a nurse in the, in a hospital, like how can I continue to show up for my patients and the staff I work with? And as you know, and also an entrepreneur, like how can I really help people with their health focus right now? And, mm -hmm. you know, keeping some sort of strategy around that because it's I can see it even to myself like it's real easy to let it all go mm -hmm. it's real easy to just snack snack on all the crap and drink the beer and it's real easy to not exercise and watch Netflix and mm -hmm. you know and soothe ourselves in that way um, but I have to kind of go back to like who do I want to be in in six months mm -hmm. Um, and I talked about this in my, in something I wrote today for my email list, you know, so if I want to be this certain person in six months, well, I have to start that now, mm -hmm. you know? So when I think like, oh, well, I don't want to be out of shape in six months and I don't want to have gained 10 pounds and I don't want to, you know, have to wean myself off of alcohol or sugar or whatever. So what does that mean I have to do today? Mm -hmm. That means I have to make very certain choices that aren't going to lead me down a self-destructive path. Yeah. Yeah. I have gained 10 pounds, uh, not like since this happened, but just, uh, yeah, I've gained weight and looking at the scale and, you know, I've had like eating issues and things like that. Like I, I had an eating disorder and, um, I think, in my mind, it would be very easy to just go back to that place. I know how to make myself throw up. It's very easy. And that's not my choice right now. That's not what I want to do. Um, so, you know, um, David Goggins, he's a ultra marathoner and runner. And um, I think he's ex-Marine. Uh, anyways, he's written a book called Can't Hurt Me. And it's, uh, it's one of my favorite books I read last year. And he talks about the accountability mirror. And so he'll write down certain goals that he wants to achieve and he'll put them on a sticky note or whatever and put them on his mirror 
So he sees it every single day and he's like, you know, I think for him, it's like, you know, run 26 miles today or, uh, whatever, uh, run 50 miles today. And for me right now, uh, you know, I, I think it could be unhealthy, but you know, for me, it's a goal. Uh, I'm wanting to the 10 pounds that I gained, I'm wanting to get rid of those. And so, uh, it's helpful for me to just see, like, I want to lose one pound this week Mm -hmm. and do it in a healthy way, you know? And if I don't get that goal, then that's okay. But, uh, setting smaller goals, that will lead to an ultimate bigger goal. So, you know, 10 pounds in 10 weeks Mm -hmm. would be a nice goal. And so you break that down into smaller chunks and um, that way you're being accountable along the way and not just setting this lofty goal of like, this is going to happen at this time. And um, I've found that to be helpful. Yeah. So yeah. So Jim Fortin and a lot of other life and transformational coaches, they, talk about the be, do, have. But what we often operate out of instead is do, have, be. So a lot of people say like, you know, if I can lose 10 pounds, if I can, you know, I can do this, then I can have this slim fit body. So then I can be this certain person that I want to be. So I can be Insta famous. But what, what these transformational and life coaches and Jim Fortin talks about is really, it's really around like setting intention and being the person who can make the decisions that are needed to lead you to do the thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, do the exercises or make the right food choices. So then you can actually have the outcome that you want and the being part intention part is there to carry you through rather than like focusing on the doing. It was just, it was kind of like blowing my mind. And so it kind of like connected to like, when I think about who I want to be in six months, a year, five years, 10 years, it's like, okay, who I want to be first. So then what do I have to do to have that life or to be like living the way that I want to live. And I think it's so easy to get caught up on like short, like the short term, like Mm -hmm. let me lose 10 pounds. And I'm not trying to like criticize your goal, like absolutely go for it. But instead, could you focus on who do I need to be to lose 10 pounds, but also to maintain that lifestyle that I Mm -hmm. want to have in the long run? Yeah. So for me, who I had to be today was someone who shows up and that's someone who I feel like I've had to be in business, even though I'm not getting a return on my investment right now for showing up. It's just hopefully helping some people and uh, hopefully letting people know that I will be there for you and I am consistent. And uh, but yeah, in terms of just, who I had to be for today was I had to be someone who was willing to just not sit around another day and let another day go by without working out. And I felt so much better after I did it. It's easy to just kind of sit there and continue to just not exercise. It's very easy to get out of exercise uh, and the exercise and the we've talked about this a lot before you and I, but 
when I'm exercising more and taking better care of my body, I actually eat a lot better. And so it's not necessarily the exercise itself that helps. It's the exercise and the eating better piece. Mm -hmm. It makes me not want to eat ice cream and drink beer and, you know, things that are fun treats every now and again. But I know you um, glared at my homemade Reese peanut butter eggs because you're like, the fuck? <laughs> like, don't be bringing that shit around here. Yeah. Was I, did you catch that? I, I just felt like your energy, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, yeah. I, I like stuff like that. And so if we don't have it around, it's easier for me to not um, consume it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I, I mean, I think it's, what I, so what would you say to people right now who are struggling to pick themselves back up mm -hmm. and move forward even yeah. even though we don't know what forward looks like right. right now we don't know when forward can actually like really move forward yeah. but what would you say to somebody right now who's struggling i would say who do you want to be in 5 months 4 months 6 months who do you want to be whenever we're out of the shit? Don't wait until then to start being that person. Start being that person today. If that's who you want to be in the future, then go ahead and start being that way now and being in that mindset and making decisions through that lens. Mm. You're not just going to arrive. Why would you wait until four months from now to start or six months from now to start? And there's a quote that has come up a lot recently for me. And it's the best time to plant a tree was a hundred years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is today. And so, you know, we can't go back a hundred years, but we can start with today. And I, I want to encourage people to figure out what their goals are or figure out who they want to be and to start being that person today. Preach. I think that's, I don't know what else to say after that. I think that's a good place to end then. Um, yeah. Bam. Cheers. <laughs> if you found value in this episode, it's likely that someone you know will as well. And you can actually share it with them. By clicking the three dots within the podcast app, hit share and you can share it with anyone in your contacts list. Also subscribe so you can be notified when we post new episodes. Please write a review of what you think about the podcast and give us a five-star rating as well. It really helps us to reach more ear holes. You can also find us on Instagram. Katie is at Embrace Yourself Whole. Andrew is at Allegory and Elm. And we'll also be sharing some stuff on youtube.com slash Allegory and Elm. We're doing shorter form content over there, two to five minute videos with our major takeaways from these episodes. Also, the entire episode can be found in video format there. So you can share that with your homies. Thank you guys so much for listening. Your story matters. Cheers. <laughs>